Welcome to Commodity Conversations, brought to you by the team at Mercado. This is where we take a look behind the scenes and provide the backstory to what's happening in markets, whether they be livestock, grain uh, or wool. This week, um, I'm joined by Angus Brown. Now, Angus has been with Mercado for a long time and has certainly built a reputation as uh, a very um, astute analyst and a, and a knowledgeable person in the industry, and, and that's terrific to have him on board. So. Um, before I flip to it, though, I was just reading, uh, and Angus is going to talk about sheep and lamb and and uh, and beef, but I was just reading that um, you know Olivia's comment this week in her report on Mercado was that uh, you know the meat sector was weaving its way through the COVID challenges fairly unscathed. That was until um, the uh, the bombshell that was dropped where Meatworks were told to cut back. So how's that all impacted, Angus? And welcome, by the way. Thanks, Rob. Uh, thanks for the welcome. It's it's good to be on the podcast for the first time. So, um, yeah, um, sheep meat markets are really taking a hit this week. It's it's been, as Olivia says in her article, it's been a um, relatively good time for sheep meat markets up until um, very recently. Um, we saw a bit of a fall earlier, and then this week's announcement of cutting back on slaughter space i guess or sort of capacity in um victoria has really really hit the market again um with demand from the processes um yeah falling out of bed i think late in the second half of this week especially so angus i note one of your um, articles you produced a week or two ago said and the headline i think was that if you're going to have a meat work shut down because of something like covid this is as good a time as any but uh we're sort of getting closer to the spring now aren't we it is, it is. And um, you look at the, the charts, the slaughter charts, and generally the second half of August is when Victorian slaughter starts to really ramp up because of the um, the incoming crop of new season lambs. And that, you know, a lot of those come out in New South Wales and, and the northern part of Victoria, but they do start to come. And that's um, Victoria, um, over the last 18 months, has processed just over 50% of Australia's lambs. So, you know, um, any cutback in slaughter capacity in Victoria is going to have an impact on that demand for slaughter-ready lamb. No doubt the, the meat works are going to do everything they can. I, I note today there was a report saying that perhaps they'll run, even though they've got to run less people, they might run extra shifts. But that point you make about um, the, the, the lamb flowing into Victoria, I mean, it really is the hub of lamb processing on the East Coast, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So it is... Um, and I'll say just over 50%, and most of the rest of it's done in New South Wales. So there's a, a small proportion in, in SA and WA, but um, yeah, Victoria, yeah, with that that larger than 50% share, um, you know, you, you take some of that out, and a lot of it's uncertainty at the moment. Like, no one really knows how many they're going to be able to process, and we'll probably be two or three weeks in um, before they know, you know, what they can actually do with these restrictions, but it's... Um, the uncertainty is what's probably what's hit the market the most this week. So what do you think? I mean, we saw what happened to price this week. Um, I mean, how critical is this? Are we really sitting on the on the, on the the edge of the barbed wire fence with, with, in terms of price uh, with this issue happening and unfolding as it does? It depends. It, uh, it depends on your perspective, I guess. Um, you know, a lot of people looking at the $9 they were getting in March, um, February and March and saying, oh, 
seven dollars is, is a disaster but it was only three years ago um we were laughed at when we said the market was going to seven dollars so you know it's not you know for sheep producers it's not the end of the world if it gets back to four dollars fifty or five dollars then things start to get very tight i know there's been some quotes of lambs heavy lambs at that level this week which is you know you'd hope that wouldn't be that where we're headed but um if we get continuing slaughter restrictions when the spring lambs start to come you know that that might be where we are of course just on that with you make a good point about the seven dollar price um i had a webinar the other night and and you know there was a question about or a point made about how prices had come back and when i asked the farmers who were on there how many times in their careers they'd sold it above seven dollars there was very few instances but the other factor, of course, is that mutton has been so strong and um, and that's probably likely to stay pretty strong as well relative to lamb, I think. Yeah, that's going to be a big supporting factor is the mutton market. Um, still very much a commodity market, which is sought after by the Chinese and in the Middle East. And um, yeah, I'm just looking at the mutton indicator this week, still at $5.30. So um, there are plenty of sheep selling for more than some heavy lambs and that, that sort of is not a sustainable it's um you know they'll be they'll be selling the, the heavy lamb meat as mutton um if that's the case so the, the fact that we're coming out of drought and supply of mutton is going to be very tight it will be supportive of the lamb job over the medium term yeah look that's 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 a really good point and um, i'm just listening there where you know the underlying thing is the uncertainty that's around at the moment but i can can tell you where there's not a lot of uncertainty after last after this week's wool market we're certain now that it really is you know being belted as a result of this and we mentioned this in some of our reports where we talk about meat being um you know still in us in in demand even though you do have pandemics and whatnot but uh wool is a discretionary spend and uh and it has a long processing chain so it's just being interrupted all the way along um i had a look um that the uh, the market came off 11% um, in Aussie dollar terms was off 8% in US dollar terms, which was which was another problem because the um, the Aussie dollar had appreciated so much it was up, you know, nearly three and three and a half percent on where it closed prior to the winter recess. Um, I, there was a really good article Angus where Andrew Woods had a look at it this week and and he he surmised that roughly since the pandemic started. Uh, the world has an appetite for about uh, 70, 80,000 bales a month. Uh, that's about as the, the extent of what it can handle. And of course, this week, we put up 42,000 bales. So uh, they didn't all sell, obviously. There was a big passing rate. I think the passing rate, uh, where are we, was um, 30%. And, and actually, in Western Australia, they you know passed in 50%. And I think at times, there was 70% of fleets were being passed in. So... So that's a, a real problem for the wool industry, really, though, because that product now goes into stocks. Um, when the market recovers, it's got to recover and absorb those stocks. We had a look at it last week where in the last 10 years, we've, we've produced and sold around about 2 million bales. Um, now, the production was going to be down about 15% this year, but the stocks that we've built up already has taken the available wool for the next 12 months to 2 million bales. So... That's still not a big issue if we didn't have COVID and we didn't have all the economic mayhem that's going on. The question is, though, if we only keep selling 20 or 25,000 bales a week, 
um, we soon get to two and a half million bales. And, and that's when it gets tricky because I think the last time we sold two and a half million bales was back in early 2000. So, and the market certainly shrunk since then for wool. So not a lot of good stuff about wool, Angus. And I know up where, um, where you're farming, um, used to be called the wool capital of the world. I think they scrubbed that off the, off the gatepost now. But there would be farmers up there who are sort of starting to scratch their head about where this is going, I imagine. Oh, definitely. It's, um, yeah, a lot of the time I'm getting asked the question, what do I do? I've got wool sitting around. What do I, what do, I do? When's the market coming back? And you say, well, you know, two years. Can you sit on it for two years? That's the, you know, the answer that a lot of people are giving. So, um, you know, it's a, the fact that, Rob, you, you might not know this, but they're going to knock down the big wool bales in town and it might be a, 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 a um, you know, a sign of things to come with the wool industry. So. It's even more devastating for me, Angus, because when those wool bales were first put up, they had a wool class of stencil put on the bottom corner. And it was my wolf's cast of number they put on it. I think it got, I think it got painted over eventually, but uh, that is devastating. I think, though, um, and, and I was speaking to Andrew Woods this week, you know, we know that markets are a function of supply and demand. We know what's happening with supply, especially with wool. I mean, it's really well measured and, and you have a good idea of that. We know what's happening there. So I said to him, what's the story about demand? And he said, it's a very simple answer. You tell me when the uh, COVID issue goes away in the world because demand will return. So, so the timing of it is just unknown because of COVID. But when it does return, if we had back to our 2 million bales a year available, you'd think that we go back into some sort of, you know, attractive wool prices. But if the volume of wool available grows continuous, you know, for another six months, 12 months, and we start to get to two, two and a half million and possibly more, then that overhangs any economic recovery and we've all been around for when the bad times were for wool prices angus we're hoping we don't stick around there for too long yeah we don't want to see another stockpile situation and trying to work through that before we get to um back to profitable prices for wool growers yeah exactly it was sort of um middle of 2018 where stocks grower stocks virtually got to zero you know there was virtually no wool left in the stores apart from that traveling through to get sold so we've sort of left um, we've left the cattle um, discussion towards the end, Angus, because we could probably finish on a little bit more of a positive note than uh, focus on wool. So what we, happened there yeah. this week? Well, we can be a bit more positive on the cattle. I think we've actually seen rises in the um, the EYCI is back to seven hundred and sixty cents, so pretty much close to its its all time high. Um, we've got heavy steers. Pretty, uh, relatively strong and feed is still hovering just under four four bucks so um you know if you're going to be in anything at the moment cattle's cattle's the one so um you know it, it usually takes some time but you might see the wool growers selling the merinos and buying some heifers and that sort of uh that's that's the long-term play and i i don't see those um price discrepancies um changing for a while but the cattle job yeah supply is tight but Cattle beef is a commodity market by and large. It's not a it's not a luxury item like wool or or lamb to a lesser extent, like those expensive cuts of lamb, um, which you've got to go through restaurants. Just about all of the all of the steers and definitely all of the cows goes through can go through fast food um, fast through food chains and retail chains, which is um, where the demand is at the moment. So um, 
cattle is the shining light. Um, the supply issues with cattle aren't going to change in the short term. And it's, uh, it's looking rather positive. I think uh, it's a good point because we're talking about indicators being back. I've just had a look year on year. So this time last year, uh, the Eastern Young Cattle Indicator is 43% above where it was this time last year. And so we remember back to what, well, we can remember the drought, but it's just interesting how big a turnaround we've seen on that. There's just something I thought of when you're talking there, Angus, and I noticed an article you put up, I think a couple of weeks ago, where you looked at the, um, the impact of lamb and wool prices on the mating intentions, on the ram joining intentions for year back. Um, can, can you just give us a little bit of an oversight on what, what you saw with that analysis? Uh, so that was, yeah, some broad-based data out of the ABS on um, the lambs produced when the wool lamb price spread gets out of whack. So when wool's very cheap relative to lamb, and, and at the moment, it's, even though lamb's fallen, wool's never been cheaper relative to lamb. So, And what we saw was that um, the following year, and even two years out, we were getting an increase in lamb supply um, as a result of people joining um, more sheep, be they merinos or, or going more crossbred sheep, so um, to terminal size. So it does, yeah, that, those price uh, those price spreads can be leading indicators for what's happening in the flock. And and you like you say, Rob, with the cattle, you know, this is what we're seeing now is something which might see especially mixed farmers, lean more towards the cattle job rather than the sheep job. Yep. Um, now, you're listening to Commodity Conversations brought to you by Mercado. I'm Robert Herman. I'm speaking to Angus Brown. We, we go back a long time. You, you were with Mercado straight out of uni almost. I think you just come back from overseas or something. Yep. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we've seen you've got, you're married, you've got a family, everything like that. We always finish with a question a little bit out of left field, Angus, that you perhaps mm -hmm. aren't prepared for. So... Um, this year, the footy season's been put on hold. There's been no footy. But um, you were playing right up to last year. Now, is this COVID-induced stay in the footy going to cause you to retire? Or are you <laughs> got one more year left in you? That's a, uh, yeah, the, the $64,000 question. Now, um, I actually have... Uh, I, should um, I have asked Ali that first? No, we've had the conversation. I've actually agreed to be the assistant coach of Penzhurst again next year, providing football goes ahead. So, so yeah, no, going around again, I think, Rob, providing I can get on the ground. Yeah, well, well done. I can tell you it's, um, it's fantastic. And, of course, in country towns, Penzhurst is, for those who don't know, is a small town, what, 25 k's to the east of Hamilton, sort of, southeast? Yeah, the southeast of Hamilton. Yeah, um, those towns just really need their footy teams and uh, so well done to you for playing. Uh, all the best. Hope the hammies uh, hold up and uh, if you, and I hope hopefully we get back because, I mean, that would be a really good indicator that, the, that society is getting back to normal and, of course, where we come from with uh, agricultural commodities, it'll mean that, you know, economic confidence is getting back to, um, to, to, to better, better levels. So, Angus, it's been great. Um, all the best. I, I look forward to your, your reports when they come out each week on Mercado. Anyone else who wants to can see them a bit more. And um, hopefully uh, the, the season keeps going well for you down there at Hamilton Angus. Yep, just looking for um, this bit of rain they're forecasting this week. It's uh, a little bit dry, but yeah, we'll take, take the rain. Normally in July, you don't want any, but 
oh, August, I mean. So, um, yeah, all going well so far. And thanks, Rob. It's been been good chatting and, um, yeah, look forward to the next one. So you've been listening to Commodity Conversations brought to you by the team at Mercado. Um, thank you very much for listening. We'd like you to share this if you think it's any good. Um, share it with your friends uh, and get more people involved. And if you've got a question, give us a call. But if you'd like to know more about the stuff we're talking about here today, go to our website and all the articles are published and, and retained as archives there. Thanks a lot. Have a good weekend.